Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Bayonet Point, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. You know, people are best motivated to work hard for a boss that they know cares about them. I don't know when a lot of people in management are going to wake up to that, but they really are motivated to work for someone who they know really is interested in them. Not one who hangs threats over them. Uh, They'll do their work, but they're going through the motions. What you want is somebody who's going to work really hard because they want to work hard. Theodore Roosevelt said this concerning leadership. The best executive is the one who has sense enough to pick good men to do what he wants done and self-restraint enough to keep from meddling with them while they do it. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff. He's the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today concludes our series of messages about work and finishes with the topic of how a boss or supervisor should treat and care for the people who work for him. A boss ought to treat his employees in a manner that brings respect upon his leadership and to create a workplace where the employee desires to work in such a way that makes his supervisor look efficient and effective. It is not biblical to lord it over the employee or to drive him or her to labor for fear of losing their job. An employee, in a proper setting, works to please his boss, for in so doing he also pleases God. Pastor Steve will clarify the biblical principles of proper conduct for the boss toward his employees in the workplace. And now here is Pastor Steve. How are slaves to treat their masters? Let's go back to verse 5 for a moment. First of all, he says, Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh. And now, now here's where it begins to apply. With fear and trembling. With fear and trembling. Now, what this means, the principle here, is that employers must show respect for those they work for. It doesn't mean that you, that you cower in the corner when someone comes in the room. But the words here mean basically that you are to show respect for those who work for you. I think that's crucial. I think that's that's exciting to know. I think it makes the gospel so different. It makes a Christian employer so different. You may be in charge, but that doesn't give you the right to look down on those who work for you. And we see a lot of that, even in Christian circles, a looking down upon people. In Paul's day, this, as I said, was absolutely unheard of. I mean, this must have just startled them to read this. Even though was, the slave was considered the property of his owner, the owner was to show him respect. Listen, if you're a Christian employer and you don't show respect to those under you, you, you talk down to them, you think they're beneath your dignity, uh, there's an air of superiority about you, uh, you know what it does? It, it really destroys your Christian testimony. 
It really destroys your Christian testimony. You'll come across as a proud, arrogant person rather than a humble servant. And Jesus said, that's not the way we're going to do it, guys. In Matthew 20, he said, the pagans do that. You did that before you were saved. You don't do that now. Or you're acting like a pagan. If you show your people that you aren't better uh, than, than they, or if you think you come across that uh, you think you're better than they are, then they're not going to see you as a servant. In fact, you destroy your testimony. But if you show your people that you aren't better than they are, you don't think you're better than they are, then they're going to see a servant's heart in you. And they'll be interested in finding out what makes you so different. The Christ that you serve, is, is he a servant like you? Absolutely. Did he submit to the Father's authority? Absolutely. You know how you can show them respect? Colossians 4.1 gives us some insight. Sort of a parallel passage. Masters, grant to your slaves justice and fairness, knowing that you too have a master in heaven. In other words, treat them properly. In our day and age, what we would say is pay them a fair wage. Respect those who work for you. Take an interest in them. Give them a fair wage. That's the best way you can, you can show them respect. You see, the issue is, are you, are you really interested in, in those who work for you, or are you only interested in getting something out of them? Are you only interested in making a profit, or are you different? And you say, listen, you're really more important to me than business. You're a person. Business is a thing. You're, you're a person who God has made, and I'm interested in you. I'm not interested in money ahead of you. Now, we really saw that last week in James chapter 5. If you were not here, I'd recommend the tape. So the first thing he says is respect them. Show them respect. Don't, don't talk down to them. Don't be patronizing. Don't condescend in your, in your language. Respect them. Back to Ephesians 6. Masters, do the same things to them and give up threatening. Or, or let's, I'm sorry, let's go back to verse 5. He says, with fear and trembling, and here's another way, do unto others as they would, as you would have them do to you, in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ. What does it mean in the sincerity of your heart? Remember, the golden rule is here. You treat them as they are to treat you. In the sincerity of your heart. It means wholehearted devotion. That's the basic thought here. In other words, take an interest in them. If you expect them to be single-minded in their interest in your business, then you've got to be interested in them as people. That's, that's the thought. When Paul told the slaves, in the sincerity of your heart, he meant, he meant, give it all you've got to your master. Really serve that master. And now when he turns it around and says, master, do the same thing, thing to, to those slaves, what he's saying is, be interested in them. Take an interest in their lives. A Christian employer is never to forget that he's dealing with people, and, and quite frankly, people are more important than any business. They really are. They're more important than making a profit. It means a single-minded commitment to your employer. It means take an interest in him. The, the worker is to give himself to his boss's work, and the boss is to take an interest in his worker's life and affairs, not just the things that pertain to the business, but to really take an interest in this person working for him. And then Paul says, in verse 9, not only, or rather verse 5, he says, in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ. That's another principle. 
An employer treats his employee properly when he does it unto the Lord, as to Christ. This means that you see your, your proper treatment of your employee as doing the will of God from the heart. You see yourself as standing in Christ's place of authority, which Paul has said that you are. And you see yourself in Christ's place of authority, that you represent Christ to this employee. And you need to see then that your ministry is your job, and your job is your ministry. You realize that that, that is the crucial thing here? It's God's will for you. God has uniquely and sovereignly put you in your job, and he's put you over people. It's not by accident. It's God's will for you. You must treat those under you as Christ would treat them. That's the, that's the basic broad principle here. You stand in Christ's place of authority and you are to treat these people as the Lord Jesus would. And that really does a number on us. That really puts a great responsibility on us. You see, they need to see Christ in you, in your speech, in the things you don't say that others would say, in your compassion, in your ethics, in your language, in your morality, how you handle your finances, how you treat other people, how you treat those you have business dealings with. They are looking, they are watching, you stand in the place of Jesus Christ, and you had better, if you're going to be obedient to the Word of God, you had better take that responsibility and do it unto the Lord. You see, it's not just a Christian employee who does it unto the Lord and serves the employer, it's the employer who sees that he is in the place of Christ and treats his employee that way, as Christ would. How wonderful it would be if those who work for you wanted to become Christians because of your life. They see something different. And that's the way it's supposed to work. So the spirit-filled employer, the first thing he does is he gives his employees the right treatments. Treats them differently than the world does. Doesn't bark orders at them. It's not nasty to them. But not only that, he refrains from threatenings. He refrains from threatenings. Look at verse 9. Masters do the same thing to them. We went over that. And give up threatening. Give it up. That must have been going on for Paul to say, give it up. The slave owner in the Roman Empire felt that punishment was the only way to keep slaves under control. And he did this. And I quote from a person, uh, a historian, who says this. The terror of the slave was that he was absolutely at the mercy of his master. Augustus crucified a slave because he killed a pet quail. You understand a little bit when Paul says, give up threatening. Another man flung a slave still living to the savage lampreys in his fish pond because he dropped and broke a crystal goblet. Juvenal tells of a Roman matron who ordered a slave to be killed for no other reason than she lost her temper with him. When her husband protested, she said, you call a slave a man? He's done no wrong, you say? Be it so. It is my will and my command. Let my will be the voucher for the deed. The slaves who were maids to their mistresses often had their hair torn out and their cheeks torn with their mistress's nails. Juvenal tells of the master who delights in the sound of a cruel flogging, thinking it is sweeter than a siren's song, or who revels in clanging chains, or who summons a torturer and brands the slave because of a couple of towels that he lost. A Roman writer lays it down. Whatever a master does to a slave, undeservedly, in anger, willingly, unwillingly, in forgetfulness, after careful thought, knowingly, unwilling, unknowingly, is judgment, justice, and law. So you understand when the Apostle Paul says, you 
masters refrain from threatenings. He is speaking against this background. Today's business world, quite frankly, is dominated by employers who threaten their employees. Uh, not with this kind of stuff, but with other kinds of things like, shape up or you're fired. Are you sure you were, you were sick last week? They yell at them, they intimidate them, they constantly remind them who the boss is. You don't get out of line here. You treat me properly. You do what you're told. You're not here to think, you're here to work, that kind of stuff. And what Paul is saying is don't rule over them by the fear of punishment. But serve them. Serve them by helping them to be effective. Refrain from, from threatening. Refrain from walking around like you're the fourth person in the Trinity. Help them to be effective. Be their servants. Help them. Make them what they ought to be. You know, people are best motivated to work hard for a boss that they know cares about them. I don't know when a lot of people in management are going to wake up to that, but they really are motivated to work for someone who they know really is interested in them. Not one who hangs threats over them. Uh, they'll do their work, but they're going through the motions. What you want is somebody who's going to work really hard because they want to work hard. And as a Christian employer, you want to show them that you're really interested in them. Not just to get them to work hard, but because you really are interested in them. You see, in the Christian realm, there's no place for threats. No place for degrading language. No place for tactics of intimidation. Or a harsh way of looking at them. Or putting people in their place. Or reminding them that they're only employees. In fact, you don't have to say anything. Just your spirit communicates that threatening attitude. Paul says, give it up, Christian employer. Just give it up. Don't do it anymore. Treat them right. Don't threaten them. And then Paul is going to give us the motivation behind this. And this kind of brings it all together. Recognize your accountability to the Lord. You know why you ought to do this? You know what will encourage you to do this and remind you to do this? The end of verse 9. Knowing this, here's what you ought to know next time you think about treating them disrespectfully, about not being interested in them, threatening them. Next time you are on the verge of doing that, think about this. Knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven and there's no partiality with him. What does that mean? It means this. Employers, be careful how you treat your employees because the Lord Jesus is watching. He's watching from heaven. And someday he's going to deal with you concerning your relationship with them. He's watching. There's a day of accountability. You see, the main thing a Christian master and a Christian boss needs to understand is that he's really not the boss, is he? And the thing that the master in the Roman Empire needed to understand is he's really not the master. There's one master. That's all. Christ. He's the master. He's really, uh, no one here is the ultimate master, but Christ and Christ alone. The employer is really just a slave of, of his heavenly master. That's all. Just a slave. And because he's a slave, he's to submit to his master by serving those who work for him. You see? It's not that, that, that I'm an employer, it's that I'm really a slave. And my master tells me to treat my slaves or my employees in the right way. Don't let authority get to your head. So many Christians have done that. 
and let authority get to their head and they fail to recognize that they are simply under authority. And it gets back to what Jesus said. He said, fellas, the Gentiles do it that way, not us. We're to be different. We're called to be different. And if you ever forget that, remember that Jesus Christ came to be a slave. He came to be a servant. He didn't come to lord it over us. He came to serve us. Don't let authority get to your head. You're nothing more than a slave of Christ. And if he's put you in the place of being a boss, then it's only because he wants you to represent him, to be a good testimony for him. That's all. That's the bottom line. That's why you're in that place. And we need more Christian employers who really are committed to Christ, who really speak forth the proper language and, and live a godly example and really show what it's like to be a Christian. And someday you'll have to stand before Christ and give an account, not for your sins, that was all taken care of, the cross, but give an account for your life. 2 Corinthians 5.10 speaks of the Bema Seat of Christ. Uh, rewards, that's the issue. Will we have rewards for our, for our labors? Some will not, and some will, and some more than others. And Paul says in Ephesians 6.9, and when that takes place, your master, the Lord Jesus Christ, is going to deal with you without partiality, impartially. You know what the word partiality means? It means lifting up the face. That's what it literally means, to lift up the face. And the thought is this. God is, is not at the Bema seat of Christ or the judgment seat of Christ. He isn't going to lift up your face and see who you are before he decides whether you get rewards or not. God's not going to walk over to you, and Christ isn't going to say, let me see, who are you? Oh, yeah, you're, you're the fellow who had 50 people working for him. Well, I certainly have to give you rewards. No, 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 that's not the way it's going to work. God doesn't care who you are. He cares how you've lived. He'll deal with you on the basis of what you have coming to you, rewards or not. He won't treat a master any better than a slave, and he won't treat a slave any better than a master. God has no favorites. He's not going to lift up your face and see who you are before he deals with you. The issue is this, as we've been studying about work, and specifically focusing on tonight, Christian employer, do you want to be a godly boss or not? Do you want to be a good testimony for Christ or not? Do you want to just be like the pagans? If you want to be a godly boss, then I remind you to get back to Ephesians 5.18. And I remind all of us who have sat under this teaching about the biblical view of work, if you want to be the right kind of worker, and you want to be the right kind of person to work for, and you go back to Ephesians 5.18, you don't get drunk with wine. You don't let wine control you. You don't come under uh, that domination. But you get controlled by the Spirit of God. You get filled with the Spirit. Not a one-time experience, but it means a, continually, a, a continual submission to the domination of the Spirit of God. How does the Spirit of God control us? Well, Paul made it very clear in Colossians 3.16. He said, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's the Spirit's Word. The Word of God, the Word of Christ, when that is dwelling in us richly and controlling us, and we're walking in the Spirit, that all the same thing, we're walking in the Spirit, we're obedient to the Word of God, then you know we're going to be different. Then the Lord Jesus won't have to take you aside and remind you that you're acting like a pagan, because you really love to lord it over people. But you'll be controlled by the Spirit of God. When you're controlled by the Spirit of God, you've got to be a servant. If you're not a servant, 
You're a Christian employer and you're not a servant and this is all new to you and you've never done it. You know what it means? It simply means that you are not controlled by the Spirit of God. You're walking in the flesh. You're not walking in, in the Spirit. You're not walking in obedience. So what you need to do is repent. And you need to confess that you have, you have done it your way and now you need to do it God's way. Certainly this is brief. Certainly this is not expanded. But these are the principles to go on. And the Lord will be honored. And I trust this series has helped us as he, uh, that he'll be honored in our work. Uh, for many of you, your working days in terms of, of jobs are over. Uh, learn this so that you can encourage others, that you can disciple others and pass it on to others, your children and your, your spiritual children and those in this church family. And for those of us who are still working in careers and jobs, well, we need to learn this because we don't want to be like the Thessalonians that Paul had to deal with. We don't want to quit our jobs, or whether we do it physically or whether we do it emotionally and say, oh, the Lord is coming and I'm not going to be involved in work. No, we honor the Lord by our work. God has ordained it. It's to serve him. We're to do it properly and we're to honor him in all that we do. That's very practical, very helpful. I remind you, Ephesians 6, 9, and masters, do the same things to them you want to be treated a certain way, then you treat them a certain way. Give up threatening, knowing that both your master, their master, and yours is in heaven and there's no partiality with him. The question is, are you going to receive the word of God or not? Are you going to be a servant or are you going to be like the 12 or 10 apostles who were arguing because they wanted first place? God is looking for servants. He's not looking for celebrities. Uh, he's not looking for, for bosses who want to lord it over people. He's looking for people who genuinely want to be committed to Christ and be different. And I think we have far uh, too many Christian employers that don't understand this. And, and yes, they're saved, but they're living as if they're not saved. God forbid we should have people like that who come under the sounds of the word at Lakeside and, uh, and are no different. May God use this word to apply it to our hearts, to change us, to be the kind of bosses that he wants us to be. Let's bow for prayer. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, then you know what? You need to. You need to first submit to his authority for salvation. And if you have already done that, would you receive the word? Would you be different? Would you dare to be different? No matter what others might think, would you dare to have a Christian work ethic? Starting tomorrow, will you treat people differently? You say, do I have to relinquish my authority? No. Does Christ ever relinquish his authority? And yet he's our servant in, in a sense. He's interested in us. He doesn't threaten us. In other words, this message is saying this. As the Lord Jesus treats you, you're to treat others. He's your model. We allow the word of God to dwell in you richly and control you and be different. Father, pray that you'll take what's been taught and shared tonight and change our hearts. Pray, Lord, that somehow you'll communicate with this feeble tongue couldn't and that you'll penetrate hearts that we would be different. Oh, Lord, that we, how we need people in management Christians who really will take these truths to heart, really be different. Uh, not just people who tell others about the gospel, but people who tell others about the gospel and live out the truths of the gospel. 
Lord, it seems like we're saying this all the time, and yet this seems to be the message of the Word of God. Be different, be holy, be, be unique. Have the high standards of Scripture. Be like Christ. Father will, will not stop saying that because this is the Word of God. We pray that you'll change us. Pray that you'll help us even starting tomorrow to really take an interest in those who, who work for us, those who work under us. Lord, may we really be interested in them, not, not simply in what they're producing for the job, but in them, in their families, situations with their, their wives or husbands, their children, relatives, difficulties they might be having. Lord, may we be people of compassion and show them what Christ is all about. We pray this in His name. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for those insightful principles on employee and employer relationships. If you would like to order a CD or a cassette with the entire message that today's class concluded, they are available by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number and we'll call you back during weekday office hours so that you can place your order. Our number, if you didn't catch it, is 727-441-1714. If you missed those numbers, you can find them on our website, versebyverseradio.org. Now, next time we meet, we will begin a study with Pastor Steve about the life and times of one of the greatest men spoken of in the Old Testament and even the entire Bible. You have been listening to Verse by Verse, It's a daily radio Bible class led by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Cleveland.